Informing America's Farmers and Ranchers. It's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Glad you could join us today. Here's what we'll be talking about. We'll talk markets with Steve Nicholson with Bravo Research. We'll talk trade and farm bill with Rob LaRue. He is the uh, Senior Vice President of Public Policy for the National Farmers Union. We'll also talk farm bill with the President and CEO of American Farmland Trust. John Piotti will join us a little bit later in the program. But first, just want to update you on a story we've been watching, and that's uh, the immigration issue. We've been hearing the House would take up a vote uh, this summer on the guest worker program for agriculture. We've talked about that with Paul Schlegel with the American Farm Bureau Federation. Well, now Republican leaders say they have no plans to take up the guest worker program before the summer break. And there's a lot of um, what seemingly there was momentum behind it, and now it's kind of fallen apart. And we're back to where we've been on these uh, debates and these fights uh, on the immigration issue. And it looks like it's going to, for the time being, stop uh, the momentum that was building towards getting something done for a guest worker program for agriculture, an improvement there. Uh, Looks like that's on hold again. We'll keep you updated this week as that story Develops. But joining us now is the National Energy Markets reporter for Reuters, Jarrett Renshaw. Jarrett, thank you for joining us. And uh, kind of an interesting story that's come out in recent days concerning one of the um, decisions EPA made on uh, a waiver uh, a, a waiver for a refinery. Uh, maybe a little different angle than we've been seeing and hearing on this story. Can you give us the latest on that? Sure. So uh, last week, a uh, the U.S. Uh, Circuit Court uh, out of Maryland uh, ruled and remanded a case back to the EPA. The EPA in 2016 under Obama denied a, a small refinery waiver for a West Virginia refinery. Um, and the uh, the company Ergon, I believe that's the way you pronounce it, um, went to uh, salt court relief for that, saying that they were wrongly denied. Um, these take a while to get through the court system. So I think this was maybe June, July of 16 is when the denial happened. So, you know, we're, we're two years out, so you can see how long it takes. Um, and the, uh, the three-person panel essentially said that the, the EPA erred when they denied it because they relied on a, quote, error-riddled uh, scoring system by the Department of Energy. Um, if you recall, we had a much broader denial maybe uh, eight months earlier out of a different circuit court, which really questioned the kind of EPA's uh, more broadly questioned the way the EPA handled these things. This this was more uh, a little bit more minutiae. I think there was just the DOE did some errors when they scored it. They didn't take into some account, left some things blank, um, things of that nature. Um, and the um, the court said, well, you, you know, you relied on this to make your decision. It's they're riddled, and yet, you know, they remanded it back to the EPA. Does this have any impact on pending decisions on small refinery waivers? You know, I, I think, you know, all this stuff has some impact, right? Any good lawyer can can draw some conclusions from a, a previous case and, and do that. So, I, 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 you know, so, yes, it has some impact. I don't think it, I don't think it broadly changes either side of the argument right now. I, I think uh, both people are kind of dug in on their heels, and I don't think the um, um, the court 
gave any real fodder to either side, quite frankly. Um, I think that the, the previous court ruling was a little bit more uh, broad, and uh, I think uh, than this particular one. So, uh, so I, I, I wouldn't. I don't think this has a huge, uh, huge implication. Do we have any idea of what's happening right now with uh, these waivers? How many are pending? How EPA, when they might rule on them or anything like that? No, well, I think one thing to watch is they, you know, back to this case, they did remand it back to the EPA. So then essentially um, the EPA still has to decide what they want to do. I guess they, they could, the Department of Energy could rescore it, right? And then uh, at that point, uh, see what comes out of it. So I think that's something to watch. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're still there should be some EPA announcement today on some uh, uh, some RFS stuff. That's why I'm in D.C. today. So hopefully we'll get a chance. To, we'll get we'll get uh, Acting Secretary Wheeler in front of a microphone. Maybe we'll answer some of these questions. Meanwhile, it not not surprisingly, it sounds like a lot of comments are coming in on the uh, RVO levels. Yeah. Uh, had that meeting recently in Michigan, uh, that hearing, and it sounds like there are a lot of uh, input coming in EPA. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the key question is he's certainly going to hear a lot. I don't know if how unusual, whether the volume's any different from years past. Clearly there's more of a laser focus on the small refinery issue. Um, you know, the key question is that we, we have no clue as today what this EPA administrator, whether he's reform-minded like Pruitt, um, whether he views the small refinery waivers in any different way. I mean, there's still a lot of questions he needs to answer. Um, so it's hard to gauge what the volume of, um, of comments means if the, you know, it really depends on how the EPA under this, uh, this new administration will interpret and where his sympathies lie. And, you know, so I, I think there's still a lot to know. Uh, I don't think we can gauge anything just on the comments themselves. Meanwhile, on the oil industry side, uh, you've been uh, covering an issue concerning uh, uh, rail tankers, and th- that could have some implications. Bring us up to date on that. Yeah, sure. There's some, you know, part of my job is I cover the, the, the tank car market, and um, there's been a lot of uh, ups and downs in that market, particularly as it relates to crude oil. Um, we've had a lot of fiery derailments. Um, we had a real string of them between 2013 and maybe 15. The uh, feds put in new regulations saying that you have to have these uh, really reinforced tank cars, um, particularly for crude oil, and they let ethanol kind of, uh, I think they phase them in a lot longer if you're going to be hauling ethanol. Um, but we've had some, we've had some accidents um, recently um, involving the retrofitted cars, which is, you know, they, they, when the feds made these new rules, they had to give some options to people who have existing tank car fleets to get up to safety standards, and they allowed them to retrofit those cars. Um, and now, be it, we had a, we had a, and they're supposed to be puncture-proof, but we had a, uh, a crude oil derailment last month in Iowa, and the cars punctured. Um, and BNSF is uh, reevaluating whether they're going to let those um, those retrofitted tank cars carrying at least crude oil. Usually, that is, that also usually means ethanol. It's unclear to me um, right now. And um, that's a big deal because a lot there's been I think 11,000 of these uh, tank cars retrofitted. Um, and if you're uh, if you're a shipper, 
producer or farmer or whatever holding a lot of that inventory, um, you know, you, you, you may have some issues getting it onto the, the nation's largest railway. So I think this is still, um, they haven't made any official announcement BNSF, but I think it's uh, uh, something to watch. Certainly there'll be some legal challenges because these cars are allowed per U.S. regulations. Um, but BNSF has been a real leader in this, using these extra methods to coerce shippers to use things that they prefer. Um, so, uh, so this kind of goes in line with their previous history. It is a story to watch. We'll watch your coverage. Thanks a lot. We appreciate it, Jarrett. Hey, no problem. Take it easy. Jarrett Renshaw, National Energy Markets Reporter for Reuters. We will talk markets next with Steve Nicholson with Robo Research. Stay with us on AOA Adams on Agriculture. Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with a sun protection factor, or SPF, of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. UVA rays age the skin, UVB rays burn, and both cause cancer. But the perfect sunscreen doesn't count if you use it wrong. Don't need sunscreen on a cloudy day? Wrong. 80% of UV rays still get through the haze. Only use sunscreen at the beach? Nope. Anytime you're outside, UV rays attack the skin, so you need protection. And you have to reapply sunscreen every two hours. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. What if you had a medical emergency away from home? What you need is Mobile Help, America's premier mobile medical alert system. Most systems only work at home, but with Mobile Help, you get help outside the home with coverage nationwide on one of the largest cellular networks at the press of a button. I press the button, and lo and behold, the emergency came within minutes. Mobile Help did save my life. No question about that. Call Mobile Help now for a free color brochure. We'll send you everything you need, including the base station, the patented mobile device, the waterproof pendant and wrist button. You can also add the fall button that automatically detects falls and signals help. Call today and receive a risk-free 30-day trial. There's no equipment to buy and no long-term contract. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free emergency key box with your planned purchase. Remember, mobile help keeps you safe coast to coast. Call 800-930-6137 now for your free mobile help brochure. That's 800-930-6137. Again, 800-930-6137. Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter. Bankruptcy or divorce, it just doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, your job is your ticket to your new vehicle. We're Auto Credit Express, and we've helped thousands of people just like you. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day I went in, I drove off in the car I wanted. 100% worth your time. Need a car? Get started now and drive off as early as today. Just go to 11ignoremyscore.com right now. That's www.11ignoremyscore.com. Auto financing the easy way. 11ignoremyscore.com. 
AutoFinancing.com. Get started today. Auto financing the easy way. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. All right, let's talk markets with Steve Nicholson with Bravo Research. Steve, any good news for us in markets? <laughs> good morning, Mike. How are you? Good, good, well, good. I, you know, I, I think there's a couple things. I, you know, I think the good news is if you look in the heart of the Corn Belt, crops look, look pretty good is my understanding. I'm heading to Iowa next week, so I'll get a first-hand look at that. Um, so I think the good news is we've got good crops. Um, so I think that's a really good news. You know, I think the other thing to think about, and we've talked about these markets a lot, and, and people are, you know, obviously a little depressed about what's happening to them. But in doing some of our research and looking at, you know, stocks to ratios versus um, versus prices and, and historically where they've been, you know, it, I would tell you that the, both corn and soybeans are a little underpriced is where they should be based on the fundamentals. And so, like, you look at corn, you're probably 30 to 40 cents a bushel discount on the board. So I'm talking about board, not cash. And beans, someplace in that 50 to 70 cents a bushel type level are discounts to where they should be versus the fundamentals. So, you know, the opportunity there is if these tariffs would go away uh, magically tomorrow or even, you know, next week, that you'd probably, you would psychologically certainly help these markets um, and at the same time uh, take that cloud if you have it away from the markets. Uh, that's where opportunities come in at that point. Now, that's interesting because I've been wondering about that. If magically a deal was struck uh, tomorrow or the next day or or whenever it happens that they announce hey they've worked out something with china and the tariffs are off and we're done with all that how would the markets react would that be a uh a quick bump you know that day or the next day would that have legs or would it kind of wear off where what would the market reaction be yeah as i said i definitely think it would be a quick bump I think you would see the markets react because psychologically that's what the markets is. You know, it's not only to deal with weather and good weather in, in many parts of the Corn Belt, not all parts, and we can talk about that, but I think it would psychologically bump the market higher right off the bat. And I think with that sort of a bump, I think as a, as a producer, I think you have to be ready to reward the market for that opportunity and for that, um, for that um, rally. And so I would certainly, as we would say, you know, coach producers to really look at those opportunities as that may be your time to do it. Um, and because you may not get that chance again. That's the other thing is that, you know, the markets, you know, you're coming not only to the end of the old crop year where people are moving, cleaning bins out and moving grain to the market, which is, you know, dep- which is depressive, but you're also coming into new crop. And in, you know, some parts of the country, um, you have tremendous crops on, you know, on the plant, you know, ready to be harvested or will be harvested in the next, you know, really, gosh, you start thinking about it, we're about 60 days away. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to put, you know, that'll put pressure, downward pressure on the market. So, you know, I think you see a, a late season rally because of you know, a tariff tweet, we'll say, and this thing's done. Um, I think you have to take that opportunity to take, you know, take advantage of it and move on and move forward. And that timeline is actually shorter than I guess we think about it. You know, we keep saying, Yep. Can they get something done by by fall harvest? And all of a sudden we look up, fall's not that far away. And we look at the maturity of some of these crops being yep. so early. Harvest is is very close. It is, and it, it's a great point because it, one of the things I was in the Delta last week, and down there, you know, they had you know the rough start we had up in the in the heart of the Corn Belt. 
you know, wet, it was cold, and it got hot. And what's happened down there is those crops have matured faster than I think, and I'm particularly thinking about corn. And there, the the word from you know producers down there that I talked to was that they'll be in the corn, in being being the corn, and probably now you're talking two weeks, uh, getting it out of the field. And so that that pressure now not only gets elongated because of because of you know bins being cleaned out, but then you get corn coming on the market, new crop corn coming on the market, you know as early as mid-August. Um, and if not earlier, and so that corn's got to have a place to go, and that's going to put a lot of pressure both on, on futures and it'll put pressure on basis levels as well. So you're right. I mean, falls, it, and I didn't think about until you asked that question. I thought, gosh, falls is really right around the corner. It may be 90 degrees, but it's, you know, it's going to be 60 before we know it. Talking so, with Steve Nicholson with Bravo Research. And, Steve, based on the crop condition numbers, and we know there are problem areas out there, but overall things look absolutely. good. and. And barring now, we're kind of discounting a production problem, although something could happen, but let's hope it doesn't. But barring yep. that and barring something getting done on the tariffs, what else could give the, the markets a boost? Well, that's, that's the really kind of where we struggle, I think, is to, you know, what is out there. Um, I think a couple things, you know, are probably in the favor because you do have a pretty good base, demand base underneath this market. So that's that's the good news. Is that you know people say, well, gosh, why are prices so low? Where'd all that demand go? The demand couldn't go away. It's just that we've outstripped that demand now because we we've been able to supply it. So there is a good demand base. You know, I think on the wheat side, if there you know there's good you know I'll say let's say a couple good news stories. I think cotton is a good news story. Uh, the demand for cotton is good and the prices are good. So for cotton farmers, things are are decent, um, are really better than decent. You know, the wheat there's some opportunities there. You have some wet weather issues in northern Europe, which is the majority of the wheat crop there. So I think there's an opportunity for U.S. producers to maybe get a little few more exports of wheat, particularly better quality wheat, and I'm, I'm talking higher protein wheat, uh, will be I mean, demand of the world. So, you know, wheat prices could come up. You know, corn will have something to say about that because wheat will follow corn to a certain extent. But, you know, if the export market gets a little better for wheat, that will help both probably Kansas City and Chicago wheat uh, to boot. You know, the fact is we still have very good demand for, you know, animals are still out there. Herds are growing, so the demand for meal is still good. So I think soybean demand will be good. Corn will be the tough one uh, because, you know, feed demand will be decent. Uh, ethanol will do what it's doing, uh, but it's just that the growth in the demand side in corn just is not very strong. And I think that's probably, you know, probably the weaker, the weaker complex if you look at it that way. So there is, it's just we've got to keep that demand moving forward. But the other problem is, yeah, there are animals out there we're feeding, but as we're selling, say, for example, less pork, hardly any pork to China now because of the situation, yeah. now we're seeing our stocks, you know, our, our freezer supplies really starting to stack up, and uh, that's backing up on us. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. I mean, that's where the, the bad news is, is you've got, you've got a, a, a lot of critters, uh, both chickens and pork in particularly, um, that go to China that are good, and you know we have to talk about Mexico as well. You know those are important markets for the pork people, and when you look at the livestock sector, that's the one we're probably the most concerned about is the pork side because they're so heavily dependent upon exports. And you know we've got you know from a consumer point of view, pork is going to be extremely of value in the stores. 
So we need to also promote pork, uh, you know, domestically to make sure the consumers know how to prepare it and, how, and know that it is a good product to get. But pork is going to be a challenge. Uh, but the fact is, you've still got, you know, a lot of pigs on the hoof that are moving forward. Uh, so that demand, you've got to feed them, and that's not going to go away, you know, quickly, as you well know. Not like chickens. And Steve, uh, there's a nervousness, no doubt, in, in the farm community, in the farm country, by farmers. But uh, we're starting here more and more some nervousness uh, with bankers, with lenders about this situation and how long it could last. Yeah, I, I will tell you, and, and this is this is purely a looking kind of forward. I think 18, and I'm going to say this with not any data in front of me, but just sort of a sense of the country, if you have it, you know. The good news, farmers did get ahead of this a little bit and got some stuff sold. Why we had good prices, so 18 will be an okay year. Um, those There are some who did venture out of 19 and sold when prices were still a little higher, but I will tell you, um, you know, 19 and, and 20, if we can't get this tariff thing solved, uh, does look a little, is a little concerning. And, you know, what is facing farmers is a very, you know, kind of a rough picture going forward. And, and facing bankers, for that matter, too. How do we make all this work going forward? And that that's going to be a challenge going forward. Sure will. All right, yep. so the bottom line is if there's some kind of a rally that happens for whatever reason, yep. farmers need to be ready to pull the trigger? That That's right. If you see a rally, you need to take advantage of it because you may not get it because you're staring both bin cleaning and harvest right around the corner at you. And we don't know <laughs> what may spark the rally. <laughs> maybe it's tariff news, maybe not. And we don't know how long that could last. So they really have to be prepared now uh, for whenever it may happen. Right. And, and I think, that, you know, the one caution, I think, and you said it very well in your question, is you've got to be ready because, as we well know, in this, in this environment that we're in, whether it's a market environment or whether it's policy environment, and we're talking about whether, you know, trade or whatever, it can happen very, very quickly. And, you know, this, this administration is, you know, it's, it's a fast trigger. And you've got to be ready because it could change in a minute. You know, it may look good one hour and it may not look good the next hour. So you have to be ready to make that move now and not, you know, sort of, you know, dally. All right, Steve. Thanks for the uh, the update, and we'll talk again soon. Okay, take care. Thank you, Mike. Oh, nice to have, nice to talk to you. Steve Nicholson with Robo Research. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk about some of those trade issues, tariffs and uh, retaliation and how it's impacting agriculture, and also look at uh, the Farm Bill as they get ready to go to conference. Should be some action perhaps today or tomorrow in the Senate to take another step closer to that. Still some big, big issues such as the SNAP program uh, that they have to work through. So we'll talk about all that with Rob LaRue with the National Farmers Union coming up next. Then later we'll talk with the President and CEO of American Farmland Trust. Still to come on AOA Adams on Agriculture. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. We're excited to explore the topics that make a difference to agriculture. The Farm Bill, immigration reform, reducing regulations, trade, new technology, as well as infrastructure and health care. Through the year, Adams on Agriculture will originate on location from several major national meetings and events. Subscribe to the show's podcast at AmericanAgNetwork.com. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. A lot can happen in six seconds. A rodeo ride, a dramatic basketball win, and the world record holder can solve a Rubik's Cube. Six seconds is how long it takes for an 18-wheeler traveling at a safe speed to come to a complete stop. 
And in those six seconds, that truck will travel the length of two football fields. So please, give them room. Never cut in front of a large truck for any reason. Our roads, our safety. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. Time for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. We've got a Tuesday mix in the grain and oil seed sector with some weakness in wheat and corn. Soybean futures had minus signs in the overnight trade, but trending five to six higher in the day trade. The good to excellent condition rating for the nation's corn crop unchanged last week, according to USDA, 72% good to excellent. Corn development continues to speed along. 81% of the crop silking nationwide as of Sunday. Corn in the dough stage estimated at 18%. That's 10 points ahead of the five-year average. 44% of soybeans said to be setting pods. The good to excellent category rating for the crop at 70%. New crop November soybeans, intraday gains lost yesterday. We closed modestly lower Monday's gains stalling at the key 20-day moving average resistance level at 867. We are trending near that level on this Tuesday. The short-term corn trend said to be bullish, a bottom forming at 350 and a quarter, support at 363 and three quarters. On the upside, though, we do see resistance at 374, unable to crack it so far on today's session. For the wheat futures, we are two to four and a fraction lower in Chicago, Kansas City, penny or two lower in Minneapolis. A mix for livestock at the Merck in live cattle futures, 40 to 77 cents lower, 37 to 47 cents lower in feeder cattle. Cash cattle country, quiet so far today, bids and asking prices not fully established. Lean hog futures rallying a dime to a dollar thirty-five higher. Outside markets, the Dow up 180 points. Crude oil is up 75 cents. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture, presented by the American Ag Network. I'm Rusty Halverson. If you or your family love the freedom of swimming any time of year, if you love sharing good times and making great memories, or if you want one of the best total body workouts ever, then it's time to discover the three C's of your very own endless pool. The first C is convenience. Imagine swimming year-round in your own private swimming pool, installed indoors or out, just steps away. The second C is comfort. With sculpted spa seats and your own adjustable temperature, you can easily escape the stress of your day. And the third C is cost. Your endless pool is an affordable luxury at a fraction of the cost of a regular pool. And here's a bonus C, choice. Because when you call for your free Endless Pool Idea Kit, you'll receive information on our full line of pools to suit your budget and location. Call now for your free information, 800-717-0734, 800-717-0734. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. Welcome back. We're hearing now that the Trump administration may announce today their plans for assistance to farmers hurt by tariffs. Political reporting that that announcement could come later today. The administration's plan would use two commodity support programs in the Farm Bill, as well as the Ag Department's broad authority to stabilize the ag economy during times of turmoil. Well, we certainly have plenty of turmoil, so we'll see 
indeed what's uh, what the details may be, but it sounds like that announcement could be coming very, very soon. Well, let's talk about that with Rob LaRue, Senior Vice President, Public Policy for the National Farmers Union. Rob, thanks for joining us. Uh, what are you hearing and what are your thoughts on, on this plan by the administration, evidently, to assist farmers during these uh, times of trade tensions and tariffs? Yeah, well, uh, we're certainly going to be looking very closely at it because, as you point out, uh, we do have turmoil out there. Uh, a lot of uncertainty in the marketplace and folks just wondering uh, what the future kind of holds for uh, our markets. Uh, we're going to be looking at the White House does release details uh, today. Um, we do obviously know uh, that uh, Secretary Purdue has been working on a plan, he has said, uh, uh, for the last uh, few weeks. And uh, so we're um, uh, it, very interested in the details. Uh, this is particularly interesting timing with the Farm Bill Conference Committee uh, getting underway here in D.C. I'm going to go out on a limb, not not making any bold prediction here. It's pretty safe to say that whatever they come up with, there going to be a, there'll be a lot of uh, questions about it and concerns about how much, who gets what, how you determine what goes where, the timing of it, uh, how you get it to farmers and producers. Wow, it just seems like there's uh, going to be so many questions surrounding this. I, I, it will be complicated, um, and uh, it is a difficult issue, right, because you not only have some commodities that have very direct impacts right now with lost markets. Uh, take, for example, you know, cherries on uh, boats heading over to China that have had to be rerouted and so forth. You've had the market impact on a number of commodities. But, you know, for some producers, they haven't felt the effects yet, but it might be coming later uh, with the next crop and so forth. So um, how this uh, uh, program and uh, proposal is going to handle all of those different circumstances is going to uh, certainly be a challenge to, uh, to look at. Yeah, because you have to determine how much harm has been done to each sector and then break that down. Uh, I'm, I'm sure they've looked at that, but it just it almost seems mind-boggling. Uh, well, I, I tell you, another thing that has certainly been done in the past is just handing out um, uh, cash payments um, as kind of a, uh, um, you know, uh, trust us on this kind of payment. Um, and I certainly hope that's not the direction we're going, but there's obviously pain being felt right now, and we do anticipate more coming up in the future. So you're right. It's going to be complicated to figure out what that level is and uh, what the uh, remedy should be. We hear a lot about needing to go through short-term pain to get long-term gain. This, even with billions of dollars perhaps uh, going to be given out, uh, it still would seem to be a short-term solution to until they get this these trade deals worked out to a long-term issue. Yeah, I, I think what we want to be uh, keeping our eye on here is as the president is negotiating uh, a number of different fronts uh, on the trade space, we want to make sure that uh, whatever we talk about on this uh, 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 proposal that the White House might be announcing today, it's that long-term potential pain from lost markets uh, through these negotiations that we really need to be focused on, because uh, whatever is going to be announced will be a short-term remedy for uh, whatever pain is happening right now, but we need to be keeping an eye on those markets uh, that we uh, you know, have the potential to lose, uh, which has long-term uh, ramification for uh, farmers out there. I guess we'll watch, too, to see if there are any WTO uh, ramifications from this. 
Well, that's always a concern, right? I, I think the Secretary's authority, though, in many spaces is, is broad enough and flexible enough that um, I'm, I'm sure they are taking that into consideration. But again, I think you really nailed it, uh, Mike, when you said that it's going to be tough to come up with a plan that really kind of addresses those folks uh, that are feeling the pain right now and, and being able to measure exactly how much of that pain. Yeah, I've just got a feeling someone's going to feel they weren't helped as much as they needed to be, and they're going to say someone else was helped uh, too much, and you're going to get into all that. But we'll see. We'll wait and see what the details are, and uh, certainly help is needed, that's for sure, and we'll see uh, how much help uh, this brings about. We're talking with Rob LaRue with the National Farmers Union. Rob, we talk about Farm Bill. Uh, still some huge issues as we wait for the Senate to take some action to get closer when naming their conferees, moving on to conference committee. But they don't seem really to... Unless something's going on behind the scenes we don't know about, this SNAP issue is still going to be a huge one for them to work out in conference. Well, that is uh, by far the uh, kind of biggest uh, political uh, and policy challenge that they're going to have to uh, uh, find a way through. Uh, Certainly with the Senate's uh, very strong vote uh, over there, uh, it's certainly a strong signal that the uh, purely partisan vote in the House uh, with that, their policy is is not going to make it through conference. But as uh, you kind of alluded to there, Speaker Ryan, uh, in announcing the House conferees, made his uh, remarks very much focused on um, uh, the work requirements on SNAP and the, the need to keep those in there. So certainly they've signaled a strong desire to, to keep that, but uh, the clock is ticking uh, in terms of getting this farm bill done on time. And um, uh, I certainly hope that they find a way to move on uh, and to uh, to get a bill uh, finished on time. Uh, it's not only the trade challenges out there, right? You know, prices are, are hurting on uh, a number of fronts for a number of reasons. And so uh, farmers uh, need some certainty out there, and I think the trade stuff will, will be a big topic even in the uh, farm bill itself. When you look at the two bills, the House and Senate versions, what does Farmers Union like about them and not like about them? Well, I, I think there's something to, to like in, in both of these, right? Uh, in many ways, with the farm programs themselves, they don't uh, venture too far from what we have seen. And so the fact that uh, we have uh, those safety net tools in there is probably good. Certainly, uh, from Farmers Union point of view, we'd love to see uh, a little bit more emphasis on PLC. So in that sense, we, we prefer the House version uh, on title. Uh, one on those pieces, uh, although uh, we see, think that there's even room to raise those reference prices a little bit higher. Uh, price support uh, at this point in time uh, with the markets, uh, I think, is, is something that uh, a lot of farmers could could take advantage of. Um, crop insurance is really kind of the surprise here. We, we, we thought that it might be a real challenge and be more of a target uh, moving through the House and the Senate, but we think that uh, that's really positive. Um, dairy, unfortunately, is an area that is going to continue to be a challenge uh, with both. Although you've seen some uh, improvements there, uh, I, I think dairy farmers, uh, uh, as they, too many of them are going out of business right now uh, every day, uh, there's just not enough support in there to, uh, to keep a lot of those folks afloat. And so we uh, really hope that they take another closer look at, uh, at dairy support in there. There's some changes in uh, conservation in both, um, but I think that that's uh, very workable and so forth. Uh, but going back to the big kind of political challenge, and that is uh, actually getting a bill through 
is going to probably be the biggest challenge for the conference committee, getting it done on time. Every time it seems like there's momentum building to get it done this year, then we kind of hit a roadblock, and now you kind of wonder, especially with the timeline, how it's going to be out in August. You're really looking at September. Can they put something together that will attract enough votes uh, on both sides to get it passed? It's still a big challenge. Well, I think that uh, something that would probably be very helpful is that uh, if uh, farmers are out there uh, visiting with their members of Congress when they come back to the districts, uh, let them know exactly what they are feeling out there and what their prospects for the future are. Um, I think that those are messages that are going to help prod uh, these members of Congress to uh, come back here and wrap this thing up. Uh, we, we are hopeful that you have the four principals who have all been through multiple farm bills, have certainly led farm bills, most of them. Uh, they're going to be meeting. We hear uh, uh, tomorrow sometime. Um, we hope they can find a path. Meanwhile, it looked like we were headed for a vote on a guest worker program for ag, but it looks like that's uh, off the table for the time being. Boy, if this isn't news that just keeps repeating itself over again, uh, we keep thinking that we're going to find a, a way through that. Uh, but Congress, once again, proves that uh, uh, we shouldn't uh, count those chickens. Uh, yeah, so the, the House leadership, uh, uh, Speaker Ryan, has uh, made clear that uh, they don't intend to do a vote uh, here. They don't think they, they have enough support to, to pass it, and they don't want to risk that. Uh, it's just a big disappointment. Uh, uh, in the ag space, uh, who has you know worked uh, through a number of different challenges here over the years and has been able to come to a large, uh, in large ways, uh, an agreement uh, as the uh, dex change, uh, and yet we still can't get votes. Yeah, things there seems to be a huge disagreement in the California delegation, and a lot of it over E-Verify. Uh, that's true, um, and you know it's uh, unfortunately it's a little bit like uh, what's the game whack-a-mole, where you uh, there's always another problem that kind of raises its head. Uh, you know if the if the folks involved uh, in uh, ag immigration issues and so forth could uh, be the ones to get this deal through and get it across, uh, we'd have had a resolution of this uh, ages ago. Um, uh, you know, once again, we just hope that Congress gets their act together. Well, lots going on. I don't. Sometimes I wonder about progress, but uh, there's a lot, <laughs> a lot on the table. That's for sure. And we'll see what happens uh, with this announcement for the administration on aid uh, that could perhaps come out uh, later today. Rob, thank you for being with us. We'll talk again. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Rob Larue, Senior Vice President, Public Policy for the National Farmers Union. All right, coming up next, we'll talk with the president and CEO of American Farmland Trust, John Piotti, joins us next on AOA Adams on Agriculture. All right, crew, let's get her dug. Honey, you want to give me a hand? I'm planting that tree, remember? No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. 
You must call 811 at least two to three business days before any digging project so you can avoid hitting our essential buried utilities. This includes natural gas and petroleum pipelines, electric, communication cables, and water and sewer lines. So before you do this or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811. Brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. We paid less for our Craftmatic today than we did 20 years ago. If you're still searching for the perfect solution to a good night's sleep, call now for prices and free information on today's Craftmatic adjustable beds. And then decide when you see how little they cost. Rated number one by consumers nationwide on ConsumerAffairs.com. Craftmatic beds come in all mattress types, including cool gel memory foam for up to 50% less than today's leading memory foam brand. Enjoy temporary relief of low back pain, poor circulation, nighttime heart for a mild arthritis. You'll sleep better in a Craftmatic adjustable bed. So if you're still searching for the perfect solution to a good night's sleep, call now for prices and information. And then decide when you see how little they cost. Discover Craftmatic for less, up to 50% less than today's leading memory foam brand. Call 1-800-318-7903. That's 1-800-318-7903. 1-800-318-7903. Call now. I'm here to tell you that your options for getting out of debt have never been better. How do I know? Because I'm Howard Dvorkin, the founder of Consolidated Credit. For nearly two decades, we've helped over five million people just like you. And every time we help someone, they all say the same thing. Why didn't I call sooner? If you owe too much money on your credit cards and you feel that you'll never be able to pay it off, don't wait. Simply pick up the phone and find out what our Freedom Quest program can do for you. Reducing your payments by up to 50% is just the beginning, but you have to take the first step. When credit card debt is the problem, we're the solution. Call Consolidated Credit now. As soon as you call, the hard part is over. Call Consolidated Credit now. 1-800-489-7204. 1-800-489-7204. That's 1-800-489-7204. 5701 Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Licensed debt management service provider, Vermont and New York Banking Departments, Maryland 49, Oregon DM80031. Reason number 12 why you should own a Thermospas hot tub? They require no attachment to your home's plumbing. Thanks to the Thermospas unique built-in thermofiltration system that filters the water in incredible 144 times a day. You simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. Call to receive a free DVD and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,000 savings coupon, including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. And with bottles starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-991-5852 for your free DVD and brochure. That's 800-991-5852. Thermospas, hot tubs designed to improve your life. Call 800-991-5852 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing. Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter bankruptcy or divorce it just doesn't matter as a matter of fact your job is your ticket to your new vehicle 
We're Auto Credit Express, and we've helped thousands of people just like you. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day I went in, I drove off in the car I wanted. 100% worth your time. Need a car? Get started now and drive off as early as today. Just go to 11ignoremyscore.com right now. That's www.11ignoremyscore.com. Auto financing the easy way. 11ignoremyscore.com. Get started today. Auto financing the easy way. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. Okay, so the president has defended his trade policy, saying that tariffs are the greatest because they allow him to fight back against nations that engage in trade practices unfair to the U.S. And he says either a country which has treated the U.S. unfairly on trade negotiations uh, unfairly on trade negotiates a fair deal or it gets hit with tariffs the president put on twitter it's as simple as that and everybody's talking remember we are the piggy bank that's being robbed all will be great so again he's the president saying tariffs are the greatest either a country which he says has treated the u.s unfairly on trade negotiates a fair deal or it gets hit with tariffs. Meanwhile, House Speaker Paul Ryan says, I don't think the tariff route is the smart way to go. There are better tools to get countries that perpetuate unfair trade practices to play fairly. So quite a difference of opinion there. And meanwhile, as we uh, talked about in the last segment, political reporting that the Trump administration is planning to uh, announce Perhaps later today, billions of dollars in aid to farmers being hurt by tariffs. So we're waiting to see the details on that. Lots going on. And that um, also is the backdrop for the farm bill negotiations that uh, are expected to take another step this week. As we expect, uh, Senate Ag Committee Chair Pat Roberts saying that uh, he hopes that Today or tomorrow, senators will greenlight the process to formally move to conference committee with the House and get things going there. Chairman Roberts expects nine senators to be named to the conference committee to go uh, into conference with the 47 members selected by the House leadership. Well, let's talk about the Farm Bill with our next guest, John Piotti. He is president and CEO of the American Farmland Trust. John, lots going on right now. Um, let's talk farm bill. What does the American Farmland Trust, as you look at the two bills, the, what the Senate came up with, the House version, uh, what do you like, what are you hoping will come out of this conference committee? Well, we see, we see the conference committee is playing a critically important role here. There's both huge need and huge opportunity. And, and of course, the need is that um, our farmers need certainty. They, they need to know before the end of September whether we're going to have a farm bill and what it looks like. Um, the opportunity, and, and of course, for, for AFT, most of our focus is on the conservation title. But there's great opportunity in the conservation title. There are good parts of both the House version and the, the Senate version. On the House side, uh, the House restored the funding for ASEP AL, the Ag Easement Program, back up to $500 million a year. That is not It's significant, but it's, it's also what we and as you know, Mike, AFT just uh, completed phase one of a big study uh, showing uh, that the loss of farmland in this country is about twice 
acres of easements. Um, that money gets reinvested in the farm. And for beginning farmers, uh, buying a property with an easement on it is often the only affordable way to get into the business. So this is not just about conserving land. This is about the viability of our farms, and, uh, and farmers need that assurance too. So they get ready to go to conference, and so much of the focus is on things like the SNAP program, but these are these other issues are very critical as well. They may not get quite as much attention, but that doesn't mean they're any less important. You're absolutely right. Absolutely right. Yep. So are you talking with uh, both sides uh, uh, as far as what you want to see in this final bill? Yes. Um, AFP has a longstanding reputation of uh, working across, across the aisle. We're, non, we're nonpartisan. We've been uh, in the conservation title. We've been right in there in the game from the, from the get-go. We really want to see uh, uh, ASEP restored to $500 million in, 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 in the, the final bill. The House put it in. Uh, the Senate added money over the, the current baseline, but not, not as much. There's some other technical tweaks that will help make um, some parts of, it, of, of both the ASFL program and other parts of, of the conservation title work more efficiently. Um, I won't go into those technical details, uh, but we're working with both sides. We're, we're getting good feedback. Um, but the truth is, when you go into conference, anything can happen, and we want um, farmers and other people who care about the land to keep the pressure on. And the, the key message for us is $500 million a year for the ASEP ale program. That would be a huge help to farmers and to advance conservation in this country. All right, John, we'll see what they come up with, and we'll talk with you uh, as we get closer to a final bill. Thank you. Great. Thank you, Mike. Always appreciate it. John Piotti, President and CEO of the American Farmland Trust. So let's just kind of recap well, what is really becoming a busy, busy day. A lot of news happening here. Again, as we started off saying what looked like uh, we were headed towards a vote on a, a guest worker program for agriculture. Now, House Republican leaders are saying no. They have no plans to take up the guest worker program before the summer break. Huge controversy uh, breaking out in the California de- delegation over the merits of the bill. Several California Republicans helped negotiate the provisions, but most are um, now backing off because it includes a new requirement that all employers verify the legal status of their workers. That's known as E-Verify. So we'll see what happens there, but there was a promise to have this vote. Now they're backing off of that. And, of course, the other big story, as we talked about, we may hear today the administration's plan for aid to farmers being hurt by these trade tariffs. Uh, Political reporting, according to two sources familiar with the plan, that uh, the administration will use two commodity support programs in the Farm Bill, as well as the Ag Department's broad authority to stabilize the ag economy during times of turmoil. And uh, this plan, we've been hearing about it being worked on for some time. It's been in the works evidently for months, uh, but uh, now we may be very close to getting the details on how it will work. So, you know, we'll be talking a lot about that coming up tomorrow. Wow, a lot happening. Thanks for being with us today. Be sure to join us again tomorrow. We'll get the very latest on these issues for you right here on AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Have a great day, everyone.